Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. It just so happened that Boaz took notice of her. It just so happened that they connected. It just so happened that this dude was single, right? And Naomi is adding all this up and saying, no, 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 this is not chance. This is not chance. This is the kindness of God. God is writing this story. God's kindness is shining through this man. And in a similar way, Naomi helps us see that the kindnesses in our lives around us aren't just random. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Hope in God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. There's days in life when we simply feel like everything's going our way. Our daily lives become more positive as a result, in addition to boosting our self-confidence. Is it a coincidence, though? Pastor Ricky tells us in today's message how you can experience God's goodness in your everyday life. You might believe that you have exceptional luck, but in reality, God is showing you kindness. God only wants what is best for your life. He voluntarily chooses the route that He wants you to go. Now let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Ruth, chapter 2, as he continues his message, displaying the kindness of God. She paused and she just said, you know what? I don't think they have a lot of friends. Let's be their friend, right? And I'm like, mm. or we could just be home alone by ourselves with a book. And she's like, or we could invite them over for dinner. Okay, we'll go with that. So that's, that's my wife, right? She displays the kindness of God, welcoming the outsider. And last, one more thing, verse 13. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here, eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. Do not reproach her and also pull out some from the bundles for her. Leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. Look, here, here's where it becomes really clear that, that Boaz is a God-fearer. He cares about the Old Testament law, but he's going so far beyond what's required of him in the Old Testament. Right? If you, if you think of the Old Testament law as like, okay, you gotta be, you know, you can't be uh, exploitative to the sojourner or to the widow. You gotta do certain things for them. So here's the line. You gotta stay back on this, you know, you gotta go up to this line in terms of helping people. Boaz goes far beyond the line in showing kindness and far beyond the line again in showing kindness and far beyond the line again in showing kindness. The things just keep piling up. I love Boaz because apparently he's like the guy working the grill and is feeding all of his employees and the people working for him because he's the one passing out lunch, which side note, great example of servant leadership guys, heads up on that. Right, he is the guy handing out the grain and handing and giving it to Ruth and basically saying, look, you have enough. Do you want some more? Take some more home. You got somebody you're caring for. I'm gonna give you more. And eventually Ruth just comes back with like a giant overflowing bags of food to sustain her and Naomi. That, that is an overflowing kindness that displays the overflowing kindness of God. Look, I've got two boys that are similar in age. And so we'll, do, we'll say things like this. Okay, why don't you split the lemonade? And there's two ways to split the lemonade, right? One of them is to have the cup. This is their cup, and this is their brother's cup. And they're like, is that enough? Is that enough? And I'm like, no, it's not. No, 
is that enough? You know, and you're just watching, you're waiting for the lemonades to equal, and then they're like, as soon as they're equal, the person's like, okay, we're done. Okay, that's enough, that's yours, this one's mine, right? But one of the things I love about my boys is sometimes that's totally not what they do at all. Sometimes they'll take the lemonade to just fill up their brother's cup and then worry about how much they have later. That's what Boaz is doing. He's not like, okay, we got scarce resources. Don't give Ruth too much. Give her as much as she's allotted. Give her as much as we're supposed to. Look, this is the time of the judges. Listen, there had just been a decade-long famine. If there's ever an excuse to be like, you know what, let's save some extra grain, it would be in this time. And yet Boaz is like, give her more. Give her more than that. Give her, you know, send her home with an extra bag. Give her whatever she needs, and then we'll worry about ourselves. Like, this is Boaz's overflowing kindness. So let me just challenge and encourage you, brothers and sisters. This is to stir us up. If we have experienced the kindness of God in these ways, we're to display this kindness of God to the people around us that's informed by our relationship with God, that is is focused on the weak and the vulnerable, that is going to the outsider and bringing them in, and that is overflowing, not just doing our part, but doing far more, doing whatever we can in overflowing kindness. Does that define your life? Now, I'm gonna take a four-minute excursus from this message. I don't ever do this, but we're going to do it because we're going to like, if you, if the sermon is like a, you know, a movie you're watching, we're going to like pause it and do another movie. Okay. So here's the excursus, the Ruth and Boaz guide to modern dating. Now the, I'm going to, I just got to take four minutes to do this because the book of Ruth is not a book of dating advice per se. It's not written to guide people in their dating relationships, but It's one of the only books of the Bible in which we see a unmarried man and an unmarried young woman. They both happen to be godly, and then they end up deciding to get married. So it has some good, helpful principles for dating and relationships. Now, uh, I wanted to call this section, I kiss Moab goodbye, but I thought, too much, too much. Um, Move on. Okay, so here's, here's what we see in this text. Boaz is displaying the kindness of God in his character. Ruth is displaying a reliance on the kindness of God that's full of character. And both of them in this interaction kind of like recognize each other and are like, hey, you really helped your mother-in-law. That was super kind. And Ruth is like, well, you're really helping me. That's super kind. You know who that reminds me of? And they together say, the Lord, right? And you're like, there's something happening here. You know, something's going on. Well, Listen, sometimes people say in our culture today, game recognize game. Well, the Bible version of that is super lame and it is character recognize character, right? Your character, if you're a person of character, you look at somebody else and you go, hey, I think there's, wait a minute, I see something happening here. So the missing ingredient, this is what I wanna encourage you singles with today. The missing ingredient, I think in so much of modern dating is a focus on respecting the character of the person you're in a relationship with. That one of the things most attractive about them to you should be their character. The push of our culture is that relationships are all about a physical and or emotional spark. Is there a spark, right? When you went on the date, what did it feel like, right? I felt like butterflies were in my tummy. You know, like this is, like this is, okay, I'm being facetious, but that is kind of what we do, right? even more so in the world of online dating, right? Where you don't even see them in their environment. You don't even know if they're good at their job or if their family likes them. You just see like a little emoji, bloop, and it has like messages from them. That's a really tough environment and I feel it. And one of the things that can happen in that kind of environment is even as Christians, people can look for a certain hair color, a certain body type, a certain set of interests, a certain ability to be funny. And none of those 
things are necessarily bad. But here's the reality. You can have an emotional, relational, physical spark with somebody of terrible character. I don't know if anyone told you this, but their character does not necessarily, like if they're, they're a bad person, like you can still feel things for them or, and they can still hit everything on your list. Perfect hair type, perfect you know, body type, perfect hobby enthusiasts that match up with my hobbies. You can have all those things and still not have character. So this is what I think Ruth and Boaz encouraged us with. Make character one of the most attractive qualities to you. And if you're not a single, maybe you're part of the church family, we need to help make sure that we're not like falling back into the world where, where we're encouraging them with like, oh, his hair color is so cute. Okay, maybe it might be, all right? His wranglers and his calves, look at that. Like, I know some of y'all are probably on only farmers, only Christian farmers or whatever. But are they a person of character? Listen, I remember the switch kind of flipping for me when I, was, uh, when I met my wife, Jen. I knew she was cute. And I, I kind of lucked out and found myself sitting next to her on a super long bus ride. And we were just kind of stuck together. And so we ended up talking for hours. And one of the things that happened in that conversation, though, is I learned about her background. I learned that she'd lost uh, two younger sisters. I learned that her parents divorced. I learned that life had been difficult. I learned that post high school, she had to get out and start paying bills right away. Right? And, and as she's describing this, and it's like a hard life, and things have happened that are difficult for her, but she pressed into the Lord, and she pressed into her church family. And something happened to my attraction where it went from, this girl is cute, to, I respect this girl. I respect her. It went from like flirtation to like, who is this? There's something about her. Now, and I understand the difficulty, if you're single, you're like, okay, I wish it were that easy. You know, you just find somebody with character that's not exactly listed on eHarmony. Um, that's why we are starting a new dating site called charactercounts.com. It's gonna be great. No, <laughs> where we don't show you their picture until you message several times and respect each other. Okay, sorry, that's not in my notes. Um, we're not doing that. So the elders are waving me off from that. Here's the question. Ruth and Boaz would ask all of us, do you respect them? Do you respect them? Do they display something of the kindness of God? Do they walk out a reliance on the kindness of God in their life? And listen, as some of you might be tempted to say like, okay, listen, I wish it were that simple, but I can barely get a date, much get a date with somebody of character. And Ruth, listen, I think is a, a, her example is like, if you think things are impossible for you, imagine being a Moabite who nobody likes with a dead husband and a bitter old mother-in-law as your best friend trying to get out and date in the new city. Not gonna go well. But here's the thing. Ruth is not, this is, we're gonna get to this in chapter three and four. Ruth is not out hunting for a husband in chapter two. Ruth is out relying on the kindness of God. And so Ruth's example also is not just, okay, be good and God will give you a spouse. No, the larger message of the book of Ruth is follow the Lord and you can count on his kindness. That may come through many different ways. It may come through a Boaz but it will certainly come from the Lord, all right? Third thing, third character, and we'll close this out with Naomi. Naomi, we see that Ruth displays reliance on the character of God. Boaz shows us what it looks like to display the, the kindness and character of God. But Naomi does something beautiful. Naomi discerns the source of kindness is in God. Verse 17, so 
Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. And then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went to the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Now remember Naomi's character from chapter one. She comes back to Bethlehem saying, everybody call me bitter. Put me down in your phone. My contact name has changed to bitter Naomi or just bitter, even better. She says, the hand of the Almighty is against me. She does not see anywhere in life, even with Ruth right next to her, the kindness of God. But the beautiful change in Naomi's character is that in this situation, she's the first to recognize where the kindness of Boaz is truly coming from. Verse 20 says this, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Imagine that the person in chapter one complaining about God's treatment of her is now the person proclaiming that the kindness of God has not forsaken her or her family. Why does Naomi do that? Because in Boaz, she doesn't just see a nice guy being nice. Uh, imagine the, kind of the, the chances, the insane chances. The, the Hebrew uses the word uh, that Ruth happened on the field of Boaz, and the writer is using that ironically. It just so happened the first day Ruth is out to try to get you know, some provision for her and her mother-in-law. She happened on the field of the man with the best character in all of Bethlehem, a man who was a good employer, who cared for his people, who took notice. It just so happened that Boaz took notice of her. It just so happened that they connected. It just so happened that this dude was single, right? And Naomi is adding all this up and saying, no, 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 no. No, 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 this is not chance. This is not chance. This is the kindness of God. God is writing this story. God's kindness is shining through this man. And in a similar way, Naomi helps us see that the kindnesses in our lives around us aren't just random. I was seeing somebody recently, you know, having, it was like random acts of kindness day. And I was like, what an interesting phrase. Random acts of kindness. So I guess the, the idea is it's divorced from like faith and religion. And the idea is on that day, just get out and do something random to be kind to somebody else. As if it's just like the universe, it just created itself somehow. And then now kindness just kind of blah, 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 that just flies out in the universe and people are nice to each other one day a year. And see, here's the thing Naomi discerns. The kindnesses of our world have a source. The kindnesses of earth have their source in the kindness of heaven. Look, the book of Judges is a living illustration of what happens when God is kind to his people and they repeatedly turn away in rebellion and ungratefulness to God. It's a metaphor for the predicament of humanity, that God showers humanity with good things and humanity says, great, we'll take the gifts, we don't want the giver. We'll take the gifts and we want your job. And what we see in Israel is everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. I'm in charge. I'm going to get what I want. And the result is utter chaos. 
It's utter brokenness. And that, that should be all we expect out of life. That should be all that exists in life. That if humanity and each human person in different ways turns away from the kindness of God and chooses to pursue in their own selfish ends, what hope would we ever have for any kindness? And yet Naomi, in the darkness of the time of Judges, sees a bright kindness shining out in the fields outside of Bethlehem. She sees this as a miracle. Every kindness in this life is a miracle from the good and heavenly God who gives it. Listen, the predicament of humanity's Romans 121 is true of all of us. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Each of us, deep down, know God exists, and we're like, no, I'm not gonna acknowledge or give thanks. And then the world is torn into chaos. But James 1.17 corrects our perspective and says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Meaning this, that this week, the stranger that stopped and helped you change a tire in the parking lot or on the road is a kindness from the hand of God. That a doctor who was there to help you when you needed it most, that he was there is a kindness of God. That this week in, at your family gathering, some hardship that you'd endured, you had a relative put their arm around you and tell you they loved you. That is a kindness from the hand of God. That is what Naomi gets. That is what changes her perspective. That every kindness that exists is a kindness from the hand of God. We had this little thankfulness tree that Jen had our kids do. It's like a little kind of cardboard tree. And then we put little sticky note leaves on it. And we're supposed to write one thing we're grateful for. So every day we wrote a thing like grateful for my brother or grateful for Legos or grateful for the internet. I don't know, like putting all this stuff. And, and what I realized is I can see all the leaves and think, oh, I feel better after thinking about the kindnesses of God. And that's something our world does. Our world's like, hey, you know, like remember the things you have to be grateful for. And we're like, yeah, we're thankful. We experience the kindnesses of God. Isn't that great? But the Bible does something utterly countercultural. It says everything that grows on that tree has a source. It's not just life is random kindness and doesn't that make you feel better? It's that every pinprick of light in a dark sky points to the kindness of a God shining out in the night. Brother, sister, perhaps today it's hard for you to see the kindness of God, but there are kindnesses in your life that begin, even if they're pinpricks in the black, to shine out the kindness of God. See them and see further that they have a source, that they are God's kindness to you. This text helps us see most fully the kindness of God has a shape to it. And the shape it has is the shape of a redeemer. The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And we'll talk more about this next, but a redeemer was somebody who in a person's family had the opportunity to help family members who could not help themselves. The redeemer is the one that if somebody had slipped into poverty, could free them from poverty. If someone had slipped into slavery, could free them from slavery. That they could give of themselves to redeem and buy back and restore their family. We see the kindness of God begins to take the shape of a redeemer. And Boaz foreshadows a truer and greater redeemer yet to come, who would also arrive on the streets of Bethlehem. His name was Jesus. And in Jesus, the Redeemer, we see everything we see in Boaz cranked up to 11, as it were. 
He's, Jesus is a man who fears the Lord. And from his relationship with the Lord flows out because he is the Lord himself, because he perfectly embodies the character of God, out of him flows kindness, a kindness of caring for the vulnerable. He, he came to seek and save the lost. He, he cares about the outsider. He gathers people in. He, he goes to those who are sinners, those who are rebels, those who are zealots, those who are uh, tax collectors, and he restores and redeems them and brings them to himself. And his kindness overflows to the point where he gives and he gives and he gives even of his own life, laying his life down, dying in the place of sinners that they might be restored to new life, that they might be redeemed to God. This redeemer, Jesus, is who the book of Ruth is really about. That as great as Boaz is, and I love Boaz, he's a great dude. But Jesus is the true and greater Boaz. And he is the one we're meant to see ultimately as we read the pages of scripture. So in conclusion, what do we, what do we leave with today? Well, I want you to leave with these three characters. First, let's leave with what Naomi teaches us. Naomi teaches us that in our lives, even when we can't see it, the Lord is always kind. And his kindness ultimately points us back to the source of kindness in God. Listen, there are no random acts of kindness in your life, friend. There are kindnesses meant to draw your attention to the God of kindness above. So see them this week. This week, do the thing. You know, do the thankful tree. Get a thankful tree. Do it anyway. Make it a Christmas tree. Count out the kindnesses and the things you have to be grateful for in life. But then turn and look up to the giver of the gift. What do you learn then from Boaz? What you learn from Boaz is if, if that's true, if that's operating in your life, you will then display kindness to others. There's no way around this. If we're truly Christians, if we've truly been trained by the kindness of God to us, it should overflow in kindness to others. Maybe one of those is where the Lord's putting his finger on, that there's somebody around you in, in your family, in your workplace that's alone, that's vulnerable, that's far off, that nobody wants to be friends with. You go be friends with them as a reflection of the kindness of God. And last, what does Ruth teach us? Well, Ruth teaches us this, that following the Lord is an act of reliance on the kindness of God every day. Look, she followed Naomi back from Moab. She walked out into the fields. And the, Naomi, I love that she mentions this at the end. She says, uh, good that you go out with his young woman, lest in another field you be assaulted. And Ruth is like, well, that's scary, and you didn't mention that when I first went out, but Naomi's like, I'm mentioning it now, okay? You just think like, going out into the fields is a dangerous business. Walking out the Christian life is a dangerous business, but one done in reliance on God. And maybe today, I really do feel like that, that may be the application for some here today. If today you feel like, man, I'm on this side of the river, God's calling me to that side of the river, but I don't know if I can trust the rocks along the way. If those rocks are true and solid and rooted in the character of God, you can trust them. Take the step that Ruth took. Walk out into the fields and expect the Lord to provide in kindness. It doesn't mean that you don't have to sweat or do the work, but it does mean that you can trust that the Lord will be good and will redeem. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save.
News Radio is a listener-supported ministry of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas with Pastor Ricky. We're so glad that you joined us today for a message that's focused on something life-altering that happened in a little town called Bethlehem. The birth of a baby boy in a stable shifted the course of mankind and set it on a course that will lead to ultimate triumph in the face of hardship and loss. I know that sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel in the midst of so much struggle, but I'm here to tell you that the birth of Jesus wasn't for nothing. Love, forgiveness, grace, and so much more was wrapped up in that tiny little bundle. This Christmas season, may you experience the joy of our Savior's birth and the blessings that it brought and is still bringing. Wondering what to do next now that our time is drawing to a close today? Go to betternewsradio.com and listen to this message again or other messages from Pastor Ricky. While you're there, don't forget our podcast so that you can listen anytime and anywhere. Twitter and Facebook are some other ways that you can stay connected with Better News Radio as well. Do you prefer the good old telephone to technology? Then you can give us a call at 915-562-7100. We look forward to hearing from you. Again, that phone number to call is 915-562-7100. We hope that you've been blessed by what you heard today. And we look forward to meeting with you on our next edition here on Better News Radio.